you want to bring out the best in Michael, tell him he can't do something. Or he can't do it as good as somebody else. And uh, I think that he takes it as a personal challenge to go out and do it just to prove you wrong. This is the Creative Coaching Podcast with Mike Lopez, where we showcase coaches, leaders, influencers, journeys, and experiences so you can be inspired and work to get better every day. Follow us on Twitter at CreativeCoach47, on IG at Creative Coaching Podcast. Listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, rate and review. We really appreciate that. So here we go. Today's guest is John Edward Mosley. Coach Mosley is the head coach at East Los Angeles College for the men's team. We talked to him today about his journey, his perspective on having compassion and love for his players, and also we talked about a lot of other issues that I know you'll find interesting. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, how you doing? Thanks a lot for uh, having me, man. It's uh, it's been good. It's been busy, but uh, just reaching out and just getting back with all those who sent out words of encouragement for our players, and and then also the feedback that a lot of people have been inspired. Um, so this is a great this is a great uh, podcast because I, I, I like uh, talking basketball. Yeah, no, coach. You know, when you're in a situation like yourself, you know, coaching at a JUCO. Uh, then having that kind of documented, that really is a challenge for you, I'd imagine, like beyond belief. And so our listenership here, again, is comprised mainly of college coaches, and I think they really are going to be happy to hear your voice and kind of your perspective on some of the questions mm-hmm. and the issues that we're going to bring up. So here again, man, I thank mm-hmm. you for your time. Now, I want to ask you first and foremost, Coach, how were you introduced to the game of basketball? That's a good question. I haven't been asked that. Uh, so I think it was my, you know, it's a simple question, but I haven't been asked, but it's, uh, I, I guess it was, it was my dad. So I'm the young, young guy. And then we're, um, we're, uh, he started a little Cub Scouts, right? Yeah. And then the Cub Scout group said, Hey, let's do a park and rec sport or something. So the first thing we did was actually pop Warner football. Nice. And then after pop Warner football, it was like, okay, let's continue the sports. And then we play basketball. And then I was kind of good at it. And I kind of, you know, took to that. And I mean, I played other sports, uh, you know, from baseball and everything, but, but that's kind of what I got locked into. And, and as a family, you know, I followed the Lakers, man. And so Magic Johnson was my guy. So yeah. there you go. I was a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a assist guy and, you know, so that's kind of how I was introduced, man. And that's what I grew up on is watching the Lakers and Showtime and kind of team ball and winning. Uh, and that, 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 that was kind of the seed that, that had been planted. Yeah, no, you're, you're saying a lot of things that are kind of reminiscent of how I started with the game and sports in general. I started off with Pop Warner football at the age of eight when you had to mm-hmm. weigh, weigh in and they kind of shamed you if you, you were overweight. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know the pain that that comes along with sometimes the weigh ins having to go down to your undies and all that, that is kind of a, yeah. it's kind of a crazy situation, but it just made us stronger. But yeah, my, my first impression of the game, well, obviously it was Michael Jordan for myself. Cause we didn't have a, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have cable, not a lot of channels mm-hmm. to pick from. So I got to see whatever's on national TV, but 
Magic Johnson left a huge imprint on, on how I was going to play the game uh, because mm-hmm. I was going to fly through the air and dunk the ball. So I stayed on the ground yeah. and just, you know, dropped dimes and did no look passes. And hopefully nobody was going to get hurt when I ha- had that happen. But that, that was kind of an introduction for myself, too. And, and it really played out well as a coach because you just yeah. saw him trying to make everybody better. And I think that's ultimately what coaches do. We try to make everybody better, and ourselves included. So that's great, man. Yeah. Great, great start to, to what your basketball career and, and experience was like. Now, as a player, how did you view the game? Because a lot of us, you know, we're good at the game, but we didn't necessarily have a great experience. So through that lens, through your lens, how did, what was your experience as a player? So I, I had the right view and then I got the wrong view and then I had to go back and get the right view again. Gotcha. And you know what it takes coaches, having the right coaches and mentors and, and understanding or even coaches to teach you how you should, uh, you know, what you should be seeing and being able to communicate why you should be seeing the game the way you should see it is very important. So, again, starting with Magic Johnson, I had the right philosophy, the right idea of how to play. Uh, and I thought that was important because he left an impression that, hey, you want to be a team guy, move the ball, fast break, up-tempo. It should be uh, exciting, fun to play. But as you start to transition, here's what happened, okay? And it's not his fault. It is – those who are leading us. And I think mm. uh, it's important to direct. Yeah. But Michael Jordan, okay, here's what happened. We watched Michael Jordan, and without getting direction to say, hey, here's how we should tailor how you should play and how you should see it, we all just decided I'm going to work on my game like Michael Jordan. Yeah. And so it kind of de- derailed you. And I think a little bit of that is happening right now in our culture. Yeah. Everybody is working on Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, or if you're a big, everybody is KD. Uh, and it's that's okay. But guess what? My body type, I was 5'11", at that <laughs> most, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a one-legged, just barely dunking the ball. I was dunking three out of five times off the run, right? Yeah. I was dunking one out of five times off the vert, correct? Yeah, I got you. Um, off the vert. So why am I working on hang time? Like Michael Jordan. Why am I working on fadeaways? Why am I working on jumping in the paint up and unders and scoops through the lane? And so there was a lot of wasted time. And then even with Magic Johnson, wasting my time with he's a six nine point guard and maybe my game should have been a little bit more like tiny archibald or isaiah thomas but i'm watching magic johnson now the spirit and the way magic played that was okay but in the sense where he's going through the lane and now he's towering the ball up in the air so i would literally go through the lane put the ball up in the air you know how we do it and he's scooping behind his back well he's six nine he had to bring the ball up And so in terms of working on my game, uh, that was something that I didn't, you know, I I didn't know and I wasn't directed properly um, of how to do in regards to working on my game and understanding uh, in that regard. And so I spent a lot of years trying to be something that I wasn't in terms of individual play. And then you, you think, you know, as we go through the era, and it's not his fault, but we went through the era where Michael Jordan is scoring 30-plus a game. 
And we thought we had to score and we had to be flashy in that regard. And so it kind of screwed you up. But it didn't take uh, – it, it, it took – and I, so I had Magic Johnson – middle school and then I get to high school and then I get to college and, and, and high school, high school and college. And now it's Jordan. And it didn't get, it didn't come until, and I think I said it in the show, the coach told me, he said, you're not good enough. Okay. Now I ended I'm, I'm playing and I, you know, I didn't play. I wasn't good enough at doing the things I needed to do. I wasn't good enough at being the player that I needed to be. So it wasn't that I wasn't good enough, but he told me in college I wasn't good enough, and I got a list of the things. The things I weren't good enough at um, was passing the ball into the post. I'm thinking, like, what the heck? So when he called me into his office, he said, John, you're just not good enough. And I'm thinking, like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm crossing guys over. I'm scooping. I'm going in. I can shoot this. I can do that. I wasn't good enough at getting us into the offense. Like, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, I wasn't good enough at – uh, you know, getting the ball into the balls. I wasn't good enough at uh, initiating our defensive uh, tone. And I had no clue at what he was talking about. And then eventually, once I did those things, I eventually started to have the impact on the game like I needed to have at the college level. Um, you know, and I, I skipped a whole bunch of steps, but eventually that's the place that I got. Okay, so I got to that place where I understood that all the little other cute things that I can do, but if I can do the basketball concept things that coaches are looking for to help the teams have success, um, that's when I came back to understanding and enjoying the game again, understanding what it takes took to win and being a basketball player and not playing, just playing basketball. And then after that, I went and I played a little bit, uh, you know, I I traveled to Brazil to do a missions trip and I stayed behind and played a little bit. And then I went with a buddy in Australia and played, you know, just like the second level team CBA in Australia and the state league teams. So as I come back, my college coach tells me, uh, you got one class to finish. Why don't you, why don't I pay for it? And why don't you help me coach? Now I see the coaching side, and I said, man, I get it. I get it. And my mentor, he was under John Wooden. Uh, John Wooden was his mentor, and I just learned. It. And right there, my, my mind changed. So I go from Magic Johnson, understanding the right way as a young child, to this Jordan era, and Jordan, to me, is still the greatest. But I wasn't supposed to play like Jordan, and that's what happens to a lot of kids. And then I go back, and I learn – how to play, and then I think that's where I kind of fell in love, where I was forced to play the right way. If I wanted to play, you're going to play this way. And I wanted to play so bad that I was like, I'm going to do a jump stop and feed the post, right? And then I'm going to cut off. And then I said, you know what? This is actually fun because I'm actually playing and we're winning and I'm playing the right way. I'm early in the ball up instead of driving the ball up and trying to create and do other stuff. Early it up, get it back, get us in all. This is fun. Yeah. And then when I got to coaching and I saw what how he broke me down and taught me how these things are important to have success with winning, and then I said, man, now I want to coach. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I, I kind of transitioned into the, the understanding of of loving the game and really, you know, really wanting to be a teacher of the game because I've, I've had success, then failure, and then now understanding. Uh, and I think we got to be under great mentors to really grasp hold of the game. People got to really redirect our mind to really grab hold of what it takes to be successful. And that's for every discipline in life that we want to be successful in. Uh, I kind of liken it to Bob Ross. Shout out to Netflix for Bob Ross. 
Uh, mm-hmm. which I'm addicted to Bob Ross, as a matter of fact. And yeah. But you watch Bob Ross do what he does, a, a skilled master painter, and you think, yeah. oh, I could do that. It's, it, it's not hard for him, but he understood techniques. He understood, like you talked about, the concepts, you know, understanding the mm-hmm. game of basketball where it's a thinking man's game. It's not just a, a, you know, a concept of just kill or be killed. or It's, not, it's nothing like that. It, it, there's, there's points of it where it is where you just got to be a killer. Mm-hmm. And then you got to really calm yourself down and find pace, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when you know what the heck you're doing and you're skilled, you enjoy the game more. And then when you understand that you have that skill set and you want to teach that to others so that they can become better. Yeah, that coaching acumen jumps in and you'll be successful at it because you enjoy watching others do what maybe you couldn't even do as far as taking that skill set to another level. So, yeah, great, great, great stuff, Coach. Fantastic stuff. I'm glad you brought all that up. You kind of covered one of my questions about how you got into coaching. And, and that's great because that to teach the game to young people, to young men, to young women is that, that want to learn the game, that is something that's invaluable and you can leave an impression and be like the mentor that you had, the mentors you had. And, and that's, that's, that's life right there, and that's great stuff. Now, I want to ask you about your first experience as a coach. Yeah, do you recall a memorable moment where it was like, all right, this is it. I'm not a player anymore. I'm a coach. And, and it kind of just, you know, something that you can recall. Yeah, well, as an assistant coach, uh, once I, you know, as an assistant coach, so once I, I, and I was still of age, I'm, you know, in my mid-20s when I start, early, actually, early 20s when I started, I, I didn't really do much playing you know, when I went to, you know, it was like a year and I played and I came back, finished my degree. And I said, you know what? Uh, I like this. But as I'm sitting in the office with the coach and I'm starting to realize why he did certain things and he is a normal person. Like he's like me. He jokes, you know, so he's my college coach. Right. And I'm thinking it's kind of similar to like, okay, he's like the police or he's a referee or he's, he's the other side. He's the enemy. Right. But then when I get in there and I see he's a normal person and I see how he has to maintain a certain disposition or he why he does certain things, what the timing or the science behind executing a certain practice plan. And we're in conversation about that. And I'm sitting up here like, wow, it all makes it. Then I said, I'm a coach and had to realize now there's a separation. And as a young coach, you still have a little bit of that locker room vibe. You still want to joke and do that, you know. But I had there was a separation where you do have to kind of keep to the vest. Uh, you know, you can't let them know all of the secrets and, and what your intentions are yeah. uh, so that they can kind of take advantage of you. You know, sometimes the players can – they can cut corners – if they know what your intentions are, but mm-hmm. if they don't know your intentions, then they have to go along with what you do because they, they have no idea what's going on. So once I learned that, and it was like literally a couple of, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of months into it, I was like, wow, this is uh, amazing. And there is a separation and now there is a certain disposition. There's a certain, uh, you know, professionalism that you have to, uh, that you have to, you know, take on when you're when you're a coach. Yeah. Um, even though I was young or just as young as those guys, um, so it was literally a couple months into it. And then as a uh, as a head coach, when I started here at East LA College, realizing that okay, I'm in charge now. Um, 
you realize that all 15 guys are your responsibility now. So before it was like, okay, this one guy, he's having an issue. Let me go talk to him. This other guy. Now, as a head coach, you're responsible for all 15 guys. Not only that, you're responsible for the culture. You're responsible for what energy walks into your gym. You're responsible for uh, the happiness of the group of guys. Yeah. You're responsible for the, the, the happiness of your coaching staff, the energy. You're responsible for every single thing, what type of food they're eating. The fun, you know, uh, even though we don't have a meal plan or anything, but, you know, we go on the road and we, we get some per diem. Or you're responsible for all that. And here in California, the community colleges, we don't have meal plans. We don't have housing. So now we got to try to figure out how we can have influence over that, their home life, while they're away. And all those responsibilities, man, it can become a handful. And you realize pretty quick that every little detail matters, and you got to try to cover every detail. You know, uh, for I mean, because you can sneeze and lose one game. I mean, every little detail from getting guys there on time to uh, making sure guys, you know, building a relationship with guys to know what's going on in every each and every individual's life. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a big difference from a coach to a player. Yeah, no, and then when you move from that assistant seat over one more to the head coach, you know that the whole world changes. Where it was before, yeah. it was like you just hope you're your input was kind of implemented or respected or whatever. No, now you have to make a decision. You don't have a choice. You can't lean. Uh, well, you lean on others for, to be sure, but at the end of the day, it's your call. You're the, you're the guy, you're the CEO, if you will. And everything, yeah. you know, come, you know, it all comes downhill from you. So that's great, man. I love the way you're breaking it down. Cause you basically gave a blueprint of what a head coach is to be responsible for. It's not just the, yeah. it's not just the interviews. It's not just the you know some people get that Saturday morning TV show and just you know shoot the breeze and have a good time. Like nah, it's some real stuff going on and it's maybe less. That's about, the easy part. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's less part. about the basketball. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, the, the X's and O's are easy. It's yeah. it's can you control the energy? Can you control That's the great. winning? Uh, the the winning presence. Can you control yeah. the expectations? Keeping those up and help holding and having guys stay accountable to that. You know, yeah. all the other stuff is easy, man. Everybody knows what plays to run. Everybody knows how you know how to get guys to guard. But can you keep that? Can you keep that that overall uh, expectation presence? and keeping people accountable to where it can, and that goes from assistant coaches to that's, that stuff is hard, man. You got to yeah. find the right staff. You got to have great coaching staff. You got to have loyal people in your corner. Uh, it, I mean, and I don't even want to get into the support of administration yeah. and <laughs> admissions and financial aid and it, it, any, all of that. Yeah. 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 It's a, it is a chore. And I think that's what I like what you, what you're doing right now. Coach, uh, the, the listeners are saying to themselves, wow, I can't wait to be a head coach if they're an assistant or it's a high school coach saying, I can't wait to move up, but you got to understand what comes along with it. And if you can handle that, or you know, you can, or you think you can, well, at least you know what you're getting into. So I really do appreciate it coach. Now, you know, being a truth teller, like you are, how important is that for yourself as a leader to, to to show up every day, being ready to tell the truth, you know, and, and on the series, we saw a lot of that where it was like, whether you like it or not, here's the truth. It's done in love more than anything. And, and how, how does that work for you? Is it something that you turn on, turn off, or that happens 24-7 for Coach Mosley? 
Well, I know uh, a coach, uh, a friend of mine worked with, with, I think it was Kelvin Sampson, and he said, you can't, you can't have bad days. Like, head coaches cannot have bad days, you know, pretty, let alone leaders. You know, even me as a father, it's, you know, you have a bad day, you're going to let your family down. You're going to let your kids down. They think you're this strong figure because they're counting on you. Um, but I think ultimately it, 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 it lies in where my heart is. If me personally, John Mosley, selfish, uh, self wanting to self-please shows up, then we probably are, you know, we're going to struggle. But I think it, it, it starts with where my faith is and the conviction that I have to help others and have compassion for others. And that, that takes telling them the truth and not having a temporary fix by making them feel good so that we can get through the day of practice. No, we got to tell them the truth. We got to hold them accountable. And I think that that lies, you know, that's just a conviction that lies in me and it's worked. And you know what, when you start out as a coach, I'll just let everybody know you hoping it works, but if that's your foundation, then, 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 then it'll work. And I'm telling you it'll work. And this is at the, the gutter of the gutter of, of starting at the gutter with a program in the inner city where kids, if they know that you care that care about them and they know that you know the truth about them and they know the truth about you and that they can trust you, it builds credibility where even though Joe Hampton reacted a certain way, I can still count on him. I say, look, Joe, yeah. I know you react in this way, but look, let me discipline you so that everybody else sees that you're disciplined. Nice. Now that you're disciplined, now they'll respect me, they'll respect you, and now we can keep it pushing. And now I don't have to get rid of you or kick you out. And that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's, you. That, that's where it where it happens. Yeah. And I think even mentioned several coaches said, well, part of the reason why, you know, those great players like LeBron, his teams always win is because he's allowed to be, and I wouldn't say disciplined, but he's allowed to be corrected or, or talked to or, yeah. you know, instead of saying, well, I'm the best player in the world, uh, I'm not listening to that. No, he's allowed to be be corrected. Whether he, you know, he t- you could take in the meat and spit out the bones. But <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, just if those players know that they can trust me and I have credibility, and I think it's important to show them that, hey, I, I got a family and I'm living right and – I think that's important. First of all, it's, it's for my faith because, you know, we get people out there that, that, you know, they don't believe in God because of people. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to mm-hmm. not believe in God because of me. Well, look at how he's acting. That's why I don't believe in God. Well, God is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we got God screwed up because we're looking at people. So that's, just, yeah. that's kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that, that's, what's, that's what's messed up. Nobody wants to lean on God or trust God or believe in God because of people, because mm-hmm. the pastor is shady, because the church is shady. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want God to look bad. You know what I'm saying? So I try my best to live an upstanding and good life. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the reason why somebody doesn't want to believe in God because that's really what's going on. It has nothing to do with God because you know, he's the creator. So that's the problem. And so I don't want to be the cause of anybody's failure. You're not going to fail because of me. You're not going to be failed because of me. I'm going to give you all the opportunity. I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to do everything. So you're going to really have to fail on your own. And so my conviction for God, I don't want anybody to say, well, that's why Christians are not the right people to follow or why God is not the right person to follow because look how 
people act. And so I want to be an example. I want to have a family. I want people to see like, hey, man, let's get our, let's get your career. Let's get your education. I got four degrees. I'm a professor. I have a profession. But guess what? I'm not all corny. You know, I'm, you know, my wife, she gets on me. My wife can't stand because she said, you need to articulate more. You're talking on all these podcasts and radio shows. You know, she yeah, said, you need yeah, to articulate yeah. more. And I'm like, look, man, I'm going to steal the hood. It's still going to come out of me a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you could, yeah, you could take you, you want to be an hood. example, though. Yeah, you could take yeah. you could take the coach out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the coach, so to speak. Uh, right, I, got you, I, got right. you. I, I like what you're saying, coach, because you're talking about it's this ter- this uh, phrase that I heard a while back, and it was truth over harmony. Like, yeah, we want to yeah. get along and everything be great, but I'm never going to choose uh, relationships over principle. Like, principle yeah. at the end of the day is gonna is gonna win out. Truth is gonna win out. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't like it either. Sometimes when it's directed at me, so. That's great. And, I, and, and and just a caveat to what you were talking about, about how people judge God by us. Yeah, I've always had yeah. kind of this this thing where I tell people, you know, the society's going to have its opinions because we all have an opinion about something. That's great. Good. Good for you. But don't judge their religion. Don't judge Jesus. Don't judge Muhammad based on mm-hmm. his followers. Don't judge yeah. them. Judge them judge that God or whatever based on who they mm-hmm. are and who you know they are and who you've done the research on. You haven't done no research, yes. just keep your mouth shut. Because at the yes. end of the day, that's what whoever's going to follow that religion, that God, that mindset has to do their research, you know, not follow blindly. So I, I like how you said that, man. Like you don't want to, you want to yeah. make sure you're a good representation and yet you're reflecting yeah. God's glory because that's, that's yeah. most, everybody says all glory to God, but really like, yeah. Sound, it sounds like it's more yeah. about you. So it's I more about me. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I, I don't I, want it about me. Yeah, yeah, I could go off on a rant about that, but I'm going to keep it real cool. So I'm just going to move on to the next question. But great stuff, Coach. Fantastic stuff. Now, I know the series has been impactful. I know that for yeah. a fact because I hear a lot of chatter amongst coaches. And but how has it impacted your life? Because we always see okay the uh, reality show, docu series, documentary. But how did it impact your life, Coach? Well, I'm going to try to stay real. You know, there's a few coaches that reach out to me, um, and, and they say, hey, and, and, you know, would I move on or would I try to take another job or something like that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to take money over the mission. Ooh. You know, um, I'm never going to do that or the message. I'm never going to wow. take money over the mission or the message. So if I can't do what – I, I'm doing here in terms of impacting lives at the next level. There's there's coaches that can do it and are doing it, but I think for me, what might get lost this is I'm just guessing is the fact that I'm there and my my the, the my basis for existence is if we win or lose, I get fired. So I may get too caught up into the winning and not building relationships and building people mm-hmm. instead of building a, a, a resume so that I can keep a job and continue to keep my family because that's what's the most important is to take care of my family. Yeah. So I may lose sight of ministry or helping young people and, and really helping them as a player and focus too much on winning instead of building young men up. And that's just me. Now, there's some coaches that are doing it, and they do gr- a great job at it. They, they win games, and they focus on players. They're building relationships. So I don't want to knock anybody, but that's just me. Um, so um, that, would, that would be the thing. But, but another thing that's changed is, you know, I'm just reaching out to a lot of people. The fortunate thing, I get a chance to have a voice and respond to all of the, 
the love that we've gotten, uh, the encouragement, and then all of those who are impacted and inspired because we're still in this pandemic mode where L.A. is the absolute worst. And we, we this is the worst place in regards to returning in probably the world is Los Angeles. And whether it's because of the unions, whether it's because of, you know, I mean, there's, it's just very frustrating. And I don't want to even get into that because my frustration turns to anger. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're kind of those who want to get back out there and impact lives and work and all that. We're being held hostage by, you know, groups that are still, you know, saying they're afraid because they love working from Hawaii, you know, mm-hmm. online, you know. So we're just we're just uh, I'm dealing with that. But I don't want to even get into that. We're having a great conversation. So, no, yeah. So. That that part, I've been allowed to reach out to people and talk to people, and you know, I'm online right here with you. Normally, I'd be in class teaching, and you know, uh, but all my classes are online, um, and we haven't been able to even walk in our gym. It's been a year, and you're talking about helping young men and helping people, but yet the the, the tax dollars that we use to pay to open those doors are still closed. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not talking about playing games. I'm talking about can I just see them face to face, right, right, and right. and 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 help them and, and hug them and say what's going on in your life. I'm not even allowed to see him face to face and it's been over a year. So, so that part is, is very frustrating, but you know, I've been able to reach out. There's a lot of people that has been inspired. I didn't realize a lot of people would love to hear me continue to inspire. So, you know, there's people that want me to come and speak and talk and, you know, I mean, but it's been the same. I'm going to stay the same. I, you know, I just pray, pray for me, man. And I stay the same because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see how I'm going to jump off. You ain't got to yeah. worry. LaShonda Mosley's not having it, you know? Yeah. No, nah, no, <laughs> she's going to keep you in line. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing, man, is like we look at our lives sometimes as being results driven and we really have to stop that nonsense and love the process because if that yeah. process involves enriching people's lives, mentoring people, having an impact on other people's lives, making their day better, their lives better even, uh, we really mm-hmm. need to focus just on the process, not the res- The results will be the results whether we try to control yeah. it or not. And so not yeah. fo- focusing on the right things, keeping the main things, the main things like you're saying, will get you the results mm-hmm. you really, really want and need. So that's great. Now, yeah. I want to I ask you, because you're talking about kind of some of the, uh, the, the, just the situations there where you're at and how you can't be face-to-face and haven't been in the gym in a year. How important overall, Coach, do you think, or to you, is your mental health and that of your staff and your players moving forward. Yeah, we've all suffered. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm this great, strong human being. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, my son's having issues. That, I mean, you know, I, I think we're in a better space than a lot of people, mm-hmm. than the majority. But we all are, are – it's, it's tough because – uh, it feels like it feels like we've been given up on. It feels like mm. we're being lied to. Yeah. It feels like we're not being supported. It feels like we don't have a voice wow. to even speak out and say, "Can we? How can we? Can we engage?" Can, so we're talking about doing something positive, and the door is closed to that. Yeah. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. Here's, it just doesn't feel right. Um, it feels like, you know, I never, I just ignore all the conspiracy theories and all that. <laughs> but all of a sudden you sit here, all you have to do, all you have to do now is time to think about these theories yeah. and how do we keep our minds right? What are we doing with our time now? Normally we would be occupying our time with traveling to a space, 
engaging in those spaces, whether it's school or work or jobs, engaging with people, engaging with our jobs or with school, engaging with our extracurricular activities. And we've been condensed to like 10% of that. We can't even engage in both. We've been engaged 10% of that. So what are we doing with our time now? I've never watched more TV in in the time (laughs) that I wouldn't say in my life, but since my my mid-20s, I stopped watching TV. I was so involved with basketball, so involved with church, but I've never watched this much TV in maybe – maybe 15, 20 years, yeah. right? So now now we have television that's taken our minds in a different direction. We have advertisement. We have all of these uh, movements that are going on that are occupying our mind. When before, the only movement I had was helping these young men. But now we have all these special interest groups. I, there's like 30 interest groups that are in my mind. Why? Because I'm looking at social media now. Why? Because I'm looking at television. My mind is not on the mission as it as it normally is, yeah. and you don't have you, you kind of don't have a choice, yeah. and so now you have all these things going through your mind, and now that kind of drives us into a, a space where we're consumed with that, yeah. and a lot of the groups and a lot of the things that are wrong that's occupying our mind, and it's kind of making it. We know it's wrong, and it, it's, it's creating conflict in us, yeah. you know. And I'm, I know I'm getting way off, but yeah. it's creating conflict. And we're trying to keep saying, and it's, it's, everybody's affected. And I don't even, uh, we're fine. Me and my wife and kids, we love each other. We don't, but there's some families that are, that are just destroyed because they weren't prepared for it. And, 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 and kids, it's just, a, it's just so much, you know? Yeah. And I understand there's a tough time. We got to go through it. But now it's at a point where there's people that are benefiting for for the lives that are being damaged it's it's about a benefit it's about that's what it's about to me right now right now it's not about safety it's about what what can this pandemic do for me how i can benefit now yeah and that's what's what's what the issue is whether it's the you know all, all these yeah so we're all suffering we're suffering right now in la because everybody is trying to get a benefit maybe as a benefit for me you know the leaders there's a benefit if everybody stays home there's a benefit for me you know, uh, if we don't open up, there's a benefit for me. So yeah. those that have the power of be are not really looking at the, the masses. And I think we're going to be affected in the future. Yeah, no, to, to be sure, there is going to be a long term effect. There's obviously a mm-hmm. short term, but there will be a mm-hmm. long term effect because there's this loss of time. Basically, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about programs that were put on pause. Well, some of the pauses mm-hmm. are very elongated. And to the point where, where, yeah, where people's lives are, they're not what they used to be. And sometimes humans aren't, where human nature isn't built for that kind of change. And so that's when here again, you talk about missional things. I think sometimes we just got to pray, Lord, put me in the right mission. Make my mission now, whatever the blockades are, a way to Mm -hmm. circumvent that. Not to do anything illegal, but just to say, hey, you know what? This is what I'm the hand I'm dealt. Now let me find the parameters to work within this, and how to yeah, how to absolutely. navigate through this. And I think that's I know you'll find that coach because you you I mean every coach finds a way to to scout a game, game plan, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And and I and I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I know what your source is and who your source is, and you'll you'll figure that out. Now I, I want to talk to you about the male leadership academy there where you're at and how important yeah. that is to you and how important that work is to you because myself as a Hispanic Latino, I, I think about how, how are my, 
I don't say my people like a Moses or anything, but like, you know, like how are my people being served out here and what am I doing about it? Cause I'm a principal now of a, of a, of a small school and I'm thinking, yeah. what can I do for the underserved? Cause that's who I serve. How are you yeah. all doing that there with the male leadership Academy? So the male leadership Academy has been on pause. So, uh, and it's supposed to transition into another program that's going to help the minority whether it's young males or the minority males in general. So that's been on pause and it has nothing to do with, you know, it's, you know, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, and that's something I probably don't want to speak on as well. Okay, okay. Uh, that has some political parameters to it that I don't know. The program was doing great. The young men's and, and, you know, young men lives were changed and we yeah. were going to conferences and it, it is important work though. Yeah. Uh, and what we were doing in this work, in this space, which we hope starts up, uh, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it had ended prior to the pandemic, so that was a disappointment. But we hope it starts up again um, as, as there is funding for, you know, the, the, the social economic uh, impacted student, which yeah. we see, number one is the African-American male, number two is the Latino male yeah. in terms of the impact that it's having on community college students and the research has been done. We're the least likely to be graduating mm -hmm. uh, at a community college level. It's the African-American males and Latino males. So we hope that that comes back and that they see the pressing need, especially with uh, we have a good population. Now, I, I take those young men, the, the, the basketball players, and I try to treat them as if in, in that little small circle, and we have some football players on our campus in the, the same way. And, you know, I'm, I'm just in, really invested in, in making sure these these young men learn how to be how to be great men, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, because I think we're, we're getting the, the short end of the stick right now. For sure. And I think the problem is, is we're not teaching our young men how to be great men. Mm. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're having issues with that right now. And so it doesn't mean we have to completely go a different direction and be another person to be a man. We can still be men. We just have to learn how to be men and right. not how, and not how to make those mistakes. That's causing a divide in our country. So we have this divide because we're looking at the bad part of men right, and what our right, men are right. doing from the negative perspective. Mm. We have to highlight and we have to strengthen the positives of men. Right. There's nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong with being masculine and strong, but wow. we have to learn how to teach them how to be masculine and strong without uh, disengaging the other uh, uh, other, uh, you know, our other interests. And yeah. I think that's what we got to learn how to do as men, learn how to be leaders and learn how to love and learn how to impact others in our families and learn how to lead our families and learn how to lead. If we have a leadership position, learn how to lead properly and not, uh, demean any other, uh, person or not stick our chest out. Uh, I think we're, we're having issues with that. Uh, but learn how we don't act entitled, but yeah. we share the space where we lead with vision and we lead with compassion. And I think that's, you know, the direction we need to, we need to go. It doesn't mean we, we don't be males. No, we just <laughs> learn how to lead with compassion yeah. and we be uh, males and lead with compassion. And I think that's what we're, what we're missing. Yeah. And so that's what I try to teach our young men. It's okay to be powerful. It's okay to be strong. It's okay to be, uh, uh out there, but you got to learn how to also be compassionate. You have to learn how to love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to learn how to listen. Um, 
you know, you, you know, it's not a dictatorship, but, uh, and it's the same. You have to learn how to follow as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. have to learn yeah. how to yeah. be a servant as a male. There's a servant leadership. It's not just lead and everybody else serves. No, you have to be a servant leader. And I think that's the, the staple of, of what it's going to take to change, you know, the men's hearts in our society to make sure men learn servant leadership. That's what we are. Wow. If you're going to be a leader, that's called being that you're a servant. Yeah. And then I think yeah. that'll help change the perspective in terms of the direction that we're going in our society with, you know, that, that, that being a male is wrong. No, we have to be servants yeah. as males. You know, you're, you're explaining kind of the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and above all for, I think, men in general, self-control. Like, if we have those components and we live in those uh, realities of who we are, because we've been told at some point we weren't kind enough, that we're not a good enough, that we're not faithful because every time we look around, we're looking at some women going, some woman walking by, like, we don't have self-control because yeah. we get too angry and like if we walk in those components and add those to our lives, yeah, you're right. The the complete person. Never mind gender. Anybody who yeah. walks around doing that is gonna be successful and add to society and add to people's lives and that's great stuff. And I and I wanted to bring light to the male leadership academy because if there's anybody out there who can be of service yeah. and help you all, I wanna bring light to that because I felt like when I when I read up on it, I was like, man, this is solid. Like, I wish I had, I could yeah. do this as well. It's, it's just fantastic, Coach. So I thank you for kind of elaborating on that and kind of explaining, too, what some of the, 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 the obstacles are. But, but Coach, mm-hmm. I want to move on to asking you about what you've learned because you're constantly teaching and you're constantly mm-hmm. mentoring. But what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Well, I just learned that, that – uh, you know, we gotta. I gotta stay the course and, and do what God called me to do. Yeah. And uh, and in order to do that, I gotta allow other people to pour in. You know, I lost my my father uh, years back. That was like you know a best friend. So it's not like everybody. Uh, yeah, I went. I grew up in the inner city. I grew up in the hood, but I did have some. I had some positive seeds planted in me uh, to help me get through. And then one of them was my was my father. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to trust uh, other people to let them in. But but it's important that we allow people to pour into us. We look for those sources for people to pour into us as well so that we can continue to, so we're not depleted. And yeah, I got word yeah. from a, somebody that was helping me uh, a little bit ago, um, you know, to make sure that, that uh, he said, man, you're going to be depleted. What you've done, the impact that you're making around the world with the show, uh, you got to make sure that you are, you are replenished as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause, cause at the end of the day, coach, it goes back to that old adage. You can't give what you don't have. And if you're not filling yeah. your cup back up, how can you pour out into others? And that, that's just right. the truth because you, we, I don't care what you're doing. That is even great. You do, you could be uh, achieving great things in your work and in your mission. But if you lose sight of constantly filling your own cup back up, it's going to be hard. It's be hard to sustain that because sustainability in these terms of impact, influence, all that, they're, they're important. Because not very many people are talking about the impact that you want to have and the impact that you've had, and that needs to yeah. be that needs to be sustained in every way, shape, or form from whoever is willing to step up to the plate. Now, I want my last question, Coach, and here again, I thank you so much. 
uh, has been fantastic and great and enlightening, and I'm taking a ton of notes, which I always do, but especially right now, I mean, you're saying a whole lot that's that's touching my heart. But I would ask you, Coach, because I, I like to I like to talk about legacy. Every single show that I've had, I've ended with this question, and I'm going to ask you the same. What would you want people or anything to be said of you when your career is all said and done? Well, all of this stuff is is it, it comes and goes. So if any type of fame, any type of money, all of this stuff come, comes and goes. And now you look at certain people, you know, God rest their souls. They come and they, they do great things here on earth and then they go and they're forgotten. So to me, the only thing that's really going to stand is, is the salvation of others. So for me, I would love to see people grow and know uh, God for me, mm. because ultimately we're here. There's only a point in time and we're here a couple of years. I mean, hey, I can be gone tomorrow. I'm 47 years old. That's a short time in regards to the lifespan of our, our world and the history of our world. So we're like a blink of an eye. And so we really don't mean much. It, it sounds cold hearted, but we really don't mean much. We're just kind of a someone here. And so what are we doing with that life? We're here where we can, we can edify and build something up. That's greater than, than me. I'm just this little speck here. Uh, I'm just this little speck here. You know what I'm saying? Out of billions and billions of people in this appointed time, who, who am I to, who am I to act like I'm all bad? I'm just a speck on this earth right now. And you know, I'm just a speck. Heck, I'm just a barely a speck in, 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 in our time. So what am I doing with that? Am I building me up, my little speck, or am I building something up that's that's greater and, and bigger than me? Um, and so for me, it, it, that's just me because y'all can win as many games. I've had highs and lows. I've had times when I was in the gutter, I was nobody, and there's times where people think I'm somebody. And it's going to be a time again where I'm going to be a nobody again. So why am I putting all my energy into being somebody or nobody or having money or not? Why am I doing that? My energy should be focused on people's souls being saved uh, so they can live eternally, eternally with Christ. So that, that's just me. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe it, but... That's just me. That's where my energy, that's where my legacy wants to be. I've, I've been to many funerals, and it's great if you, you know, God rest their souls, if you've done these great wonders in the world, if you became famous. But you know what? Once they put you in the ground, all that is buried with you. And the only thing that's going to live, the only thing that's going to live is the, 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 the one that's living inside of me right now. Because wow. as soon as I pass and go, the one that's living inside me, he's going to live forever. Wow. You know? You know, my, my, my record, you know, there's college coaches right now that we've gotten their college records, you know, we've got, and it's going to be gone, yeah. you know, our coaching time, all that's going to be gone. Heck, my family, my wife's going to be gone someday. The college records, all those different things. So that's the only thing that's going to live is his, is, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to live forever. So that's what I would hope that, uh, the world can see and grab a hold of is something that's, that lives forever. Coach, I appreciate your time. Like I said, it's been enlightening. It's been encouraging. I've got a ton of notes to go off of. So if I ever hear again, I'm going to write some kind of memoir of all the interviews I've done and you'll be in there. Uh, and, I, and I'm and i just like, you know, I'm kind of blown out by what you've said and what you've articulated because you are you tell you tell your wife you articulated it very well today and she should be I happy will. with that. It's, it's been fantastic, man. So I hear again. Thank you to Netflix, Abby. Thank you so much. I here again, Coach. I thank you for your time and your effort in, in what you're doing and your mission. 
because I know it'll be blessed and it'll be fruitful. So here again, thank you for your time. Thank you.